Can you hear me now? Tim says, Tim says it's got to be on the left side. And, and all of a sudden I remembered when I was in the United States and uh, we, were, we were driving and uh, all of a sudden I had to make a right turn and I forgot which side I was on. And so there was a bus full of children and around I went, wrong side. <laughs> and all the kids were yelling out as I was doing the wrong thing. Oh, that was a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> Is that better? Okay. Uh, I want to continue the theme that we started this morning uh, with God's road of grace. This is horrible, this thing. <laughs> he shouldn't let me be able to yell, but anyway. Uh, so I'm going to read from uh, Revelation chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 1. So we're going to have a look at heaven. We're going to heaven today. So I want all of you to start thinking about you're up there. And uh, John, because he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. We're all in the spirit today, right? We started off with worship and we're all in the spirit. So we're going into the spirit with John. And remember, John was the apostle that was closest to Jesus. He was the one that wrote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning of Revelation, he says, and I've touched him. What a relationship. And here he is on, on the Lord's day. He's just been in heaven. He's seen all the worship. And I pray today that we'll be more worshipers than anything else. Starting uh, at verse 1 and 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. So we're in heaven. We've got a throne. And there's one with a scroll. With writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Worthy, who is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. And I just thought, you know, the theme today is, isn't that what we've been talking about today? Sometimes we're just saying, where's God? Where's God? You know, something's not, it's not happening at the moment. And, and you, can you imagine that being in heaven like that? Here, John, the Father's got the scroll and, 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 and they, they're crying out, who's worthy to open it? And there's, there's no one there. And sometimes when we're in that place, we think, he doesn't hear, he doesn't care. But all of us, and, and John was like that. He said, and I wept and I wept. And isn't that how we become because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Well, then, one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He, he is able to open the scroll 
and its seven seals. And I saw a lamb looking as it, has, as it had been slain. Jesus, the Lamb of God, this road of grace that we're going to take today uh, is all about Jesus. You know, uh, the Lamb is mentioned 29 times in the book of Revelation, so it must be really important. It must be important to you and to me. So here's the Lamb. He's the only one that can open the scroll. You know, what was the scroll all about? If you go over to 6, verse 17, for the, the scroll had in it, for the great day of their, the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? So the wrath of God is going to be poured out. If you've ever been sitting there and saying, how long before the, uh, the wicked are going to be exposed? How long, God, before you're going to deal with all the wickedness in our world? How long are we going to put up with the sickness and disease? How long are we going to be persecuted? How long? But John saw there was a scroll in heaven and the Lamb was worthy to open the scroll. But it was God's wrath being poured out on mankind. I got the good news, though. This, we, we, we need the good news, right? <laughs> uh, well, the good news is that it doesn't end there. If we go back to the book of Romans... And we go to Romans chapter 5, verse 9. It says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? That's talking about all believers. Isn't that wonderful news? But it's not just there. Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 10 says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Oh. You know, sometimes we look at the book of Revelation and we're looking for all these signs to come. We're looking for marks and, and all these things to come. And, and Scripture clearly says, if you're born of the Spirit of God and you belong to Jesus, the wrath isn't going to come upon you. And we saw in the book of Revelation that it was the wrath of God that was going to be poured out. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! That should be a little exciting. That should get you up off your seat. We, we're not appointed to the wrath that God's going to pour out on mankind. We're appointed to salvation. So why are we getting upset? Why are we worried? Because we're going to be okay. <laughs> Isn't that great news? 
<laughs> so I'm going to just take us for a little journey um, through from the beginning to, uh, to back to Revelation. And uh, starting, uh, you know, there's, there's golden threads in the Bible. And, and I love the picture language that God uses because, you know, those pictures all connect. And so we're going to look at a golden thread that starts at Genesis. And in Genesis, remember, um, Adam sinned and then God had to kill an animal to clothe them. And so God started with covering the sin of man. He always loved them and wanted to cover them and wanted to provide for them. It's, it's a, a beautiful picture. Then we get to Egypt. You know, remember the Israelites were in captivity? Uh, well, they were slaves and, and uh, they were mistreated really badly and God chose Moses and said Moses to Pharaoh and you remember all the plagues and then then the last plague of course was going to be the firstborn of of uh, the Israelites were, were going to die and the Lord said to Moses tell the children of Israel is, the Israelites that they were to sacrifice a lamb it was a picture of Jesus and to get the blood and put the blood around the doorposts of the of, of, the, of, your, of the building. So anybody passed, there was blood on the doorpost. You could rec recognize every Jewish house that believed in what God said because there was blood on the doorpost. The second thing that Moses was told to tell the children of Israel to sacrifice the lamb and take it into the house. So, so firstly, they had to apply the blood. Now, you and I know that when we come to Jesus Christ, that we're all sinners. Every one of us. We inherited that. And we were born in sin. But Jesus' blood on the doorposts of our heart cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Then we received Jesus into our heart. The lamb had to come into the house. And so the, the father brought the lamb into the house for the whole family. Everyone in the house. And then they had to get ready. They had to get, be prepared to leave. Same instructions to you and me. No different. We receive the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. We receive Jesus into our heart and we prepare ourselves for his coming. Exactly the same. But can you imagine on that day, can you just think back? If you, well, you can't think back, but, but just think what it would be like. So here they are in the house. They've put the blood on the door and they've now brought the lamb in and, and it's midnight and the death angel starts to pass over. Can you imagine the, the screams and, and the crying and the noise that's going on outside? It would have been terrible. As people's children were dying, the firstborn of the Egyptians and all those that, that never 
applied the blood to their lives. But can you imagine, that's one side of it. Can you imagine on the other side of it, that those in the house, the death angel has passed over. He's gone. We're free. We're alive. God's delivered us. Can you imagine the joy, the excitement? We're ready. We're going on. Can you imagine what it would be like? That's what you're like. Because the death angel has passed over. The wrath of God isn't isn't for you. It's for those who haven't received Jesus Christ. You know, I go back into the book of Hebrews and and uh, you know it 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 talks in in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter eight, and it's talking about Jesus the high priest. He said, Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifice. So it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he, were, if, if he were on earth, he would not have been a priest, for there are already priests who offer gifts prescribed by the law. They serve in a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. It's a copy, it's a shadow. So God says to Moses, Moses, I want you to set up the tabernacle. Tells him exactly how to set it up. Remember, it's a shadow, it's a copy, it's a picture of what's in heaven. And so Moses is told how to set it up. And then he has, the, in it is the holy of holies. That's where God dwells. That's where God's presence is. That's where the Ark of the Covenant is. And and that's going to be important as we go through this morning. So there's an Ark. In fact, if I I go over um, to um, Revelation again, and uh, if you turn over um, a couple of pages, you'll see in uh, 11.19... That uh, then God's temple in heaven was opened. John seeing in heaven. And within the temple was seen the ark of the covenant. So Moses sets up an ark on earth. And you know, at top of that ark has a seat of atonement, or, or we call it the mercy seat. Top of that, there's two angels, one each side facing each other and uh, and Moses builds it exactly how God says but it's a shadow it's a picture of the one in heaven and so God says then to Moses this is where God with God's presence is going to dwell and they set the tabernacle up in the middle of the camp of Israel Doesn't that remind you of how the Holy Spirit comes to live within you? In you. In the middle of you. So so that God's presence is right in the middle of the camp of Israel. There's a cloud of, of smoke during the day and there's a fire by night. God's presence, God's glory 
in the middle of the children of Israel. You know, don't, don't sometimes we, we forget God's presence living in us. And, and when the cloud or the fire moved, they moved. Isn't, um, isn't uh, um, Romans 8, when those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God? When the, when, the, when the cloud moved, the children of Israel quickly packed up and they moved. And so God's presence was there. Every year, God says, you're going to have to bring in sacrifices and you're going to have to put them on that mercy seat, on the seat of atonement. So actually what they did, they, checked, they had two lambs. They checked the lambs out for three days, made sure they were perfect. And the first lamb, the high priest would take his hands and place it on the head of the lamb. And he would put the sins of the whole world, or the whole nation, on the head of the lamb. And then he would take the lamb and release it into the wilderness. Sins no more. They're gone from the camp. Gone away. The second lamb is taken and, 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 and is killed, he's roasted, and then the blood taken in and put on the mercy seat or the seat of atonement for the children of Israel. And they kept a covering over all God's people so God could dwell among his people. Wow. Now we come up to Jesus. Jesus had to be put, like every other lamb, had to be checked out to make sure he was perfect. Let's remember that Jesus' father was the Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit came down on Mary and she then bore a son. His name was Jesus. Sin is passed on from the male of the family. The male now for Jesus is God. Remember now, Adam, when Adam sinned, God said, Adam, if you eat of the tree, you'll surely die. Let's do the opposite. If you don't eat of the tree, you'll never die. Adam, if he never sinned, would never have died. Would live forever. But he sinned and death came into the world. Jesus, born without sin, can never die. And I think that's extremely important to you and to me. God's his father. He has no sin in him. And when he gets to the time that he's to give his life, they first had to, he had to be checked out as the Lamb of God, like every other lamb. And from the time he was in the garden and he went before um, Pontius Pilate and then Herod and then back, and, and Pilate says, this man is innocent. In fact, Jesus, when he, another time, uh, they tried to stone him and he just walked out in the middle of them. They couldn't kill him. No one can kill him. Jesus had to lay his life down willingly 
in your place and my place. He willingly gave himself to death. No one took his life. You know, that means so much to you and me. That, that God would, would do that for you and do that for me so that the wrath would never be on us anymore. We go over to the book of John. And let's have a look at Jesus after uh, his resurrection. In John chapter 20. Remember, uh, Mary comes to the tomb early. And uh, she sees that the tomb's empty and she runs off and tells the others. And... uh, And and in verse 11, and now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had had been, one at the head and the other one at the foot. Remember the top of the ark? There's an angel one end and an angel the other end facing each other. And Mary sees two angels where Jesus laid representing the ark. Then, in verse 17, and Jesus says to Mary, Do not hold on to me, for I have... Not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead and tell my brothers and tell them, I am, I, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Jesus at that time goes into heaven and puts his blood, his blood, on the mercy seat for you and for me. There's blood there that's there for eternity. Jesus' blood. Every time the Father looks down at the mercy seat, he sees the blood and it still has the same power that it's always had. Because there's no time in heaven. That blood is as like it was put there yesterday for you and for me. And that's why John wrote and he says, if you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's not just that you get forgiveness. You get cleansing as well. So you get the righteousness of Jesus. You're made right with the Father. You can have boldness to go to him any time you want to. He's open. The door's open now for you and for me. Boy, that must make you a little excited. Wow. The one who loved us and gave himself for us has opened the door for you and for me into the heavens. Man. And the same presence, the same glory that was on the tabernacle, on the Holy of Holies, is now on you. 
I don't know about you, when I first got saved, I walked down the street and I thought, I wonder if they can see I'm different. I wonder if they can see the glory of God. But, but you know what? I know every one of you have had times when you've gone to visit somebody and you've, they've had a problem with you because of the glory of God living in you. Especially if they're not saved. <laughs> like family members <laughs> that are not saved. Because the glory of God is living in us. We've got to affect everything around us. We have to. But the devil tries to squash us and to take, us, take our focus on all those things that are about us. Those things that are temporary. You know, health issues are temporary. They come and go. We're all going to have them. We've got to get over that. If our eyes are on Jesus, who loves us and has an eternal plan for us, and we're going to be with him forever, we should be the the greatest worshippers in the planet. We should be in, in love. I love Jesus. I love him because he gave himself for me. You know, but there's a process. And the process is that he put, laid his life down. He shed his blood for you and for me. We, we have to apply all that. We can't just say thank you. You did it. We actually have to accept and put the blood. Jesus, forgive me. And take that blood for yourself. That blood that's on the mercy seat for you and for me. And then we have to receive Jesus into our life. We have to want to know what he's like. We have to want a relationship. And we have to build that relationship. A relationship, you know, doesn't come overnight. We start off as babies. We all start as babies when we come to Jesus. We don't know anything about God. All we knew before that was that he was bad and mean and mighty unclean. And, and, and you know, everything that bad happened on the earth, we blame. He was his fault. That's all we knew. Now we give our lives to him. Now, now he wants us to know him. We're going to change our whole thinking, our whole, everything we knew now has to go out the door. And he wants to show himself to us. And you ever notice that when you're first born again, all these miracles happen? You pray for something, boom, it happens. And you get so excited. Oh, and, it, and the older Christians are looking and saying, wow, why, look at all these things happening for that person. But God, when you're young, God says, I, I want you to know me. I want to know you to know that I'm for real and I'm in your life and I'm for you and I'm going to do work with you. But you start to grow the more you get to know him. And then there's more responsibility put on you. No longer is the sugar daddy. <laughs> he starts saying, you know, we all want him to be the sugar daddy all the time. But, but you know what he says? He says, uh, 
I remember it happened to me, and I, things weren't happening like they were happening before. And uh, I thought, I said, Father, what's, what's the problem? You know, have I got something wrong? Have I done something wrong? And he said, no, Rod, it's time you grew up. It's time you start to exercise a little bit of the faith and, and a little bit of what he's given you. Because now you know him, now you can trust him, now it doesn't have to come straight away, you can wait on him, and, and so we can now learn that there's a timing in God, but he's still there and he still loves us and he's still for us and he still will provide and bless. And we start to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We start to listen. And we start to get the instructions. Go here. Go there. Do this. Do that. And we start hearing his voice. The still, quiet voice of the Spirit talking to us. And we then face bigger choices. Do we move with him? And I think sadly sometimes we choose not to move because it's scary. Because there's more required of us. But if you're going to grow to know him, you've got to get out of the boat. Peter had to get out of the boat to experience walking on water. All the rest of them sat in the boat. I don't want to be a boat sitter. You know, oh, he can do it. You know, you never grow to know him. And he wants us to know him. You think Jesus wasn't excited when Peter got out of the boat? Oh, Jesus would have been so excited. He would have said, boy, that's my boy. Have it a go. I mean, so excited. And, and after Peter fell down and got back up again, Jesus pulled him up. You know, he would have thought back at that experience so many times. And he, he said, I walked on water. I, I've done it. And I can do it again. So our Father loves us and wants a relationship with us, every one of us. But this morning, if you've never started that relationship, you have to start. And you have to start by accepting all Jesus did for you when he died for you. He was punished. He was punished for you. He took your punishment. He took the wrath of God in your place. It was put on him. You know, and you think, really think about that. That God put the punishment, the wrath of revelation on Jesus for you who accept him, that you don't have to have it go on you at all. If you've never made that step, that first step, into that relationship, I'd like you to come today and someone will pray with you. But you might have stalled on the way. You might have died. I died. Give me another one. <laughs> Third time lucky. You want this one too? I'll finish with that.
Oh, praise the Lord. Is this thing going? Oh, good. So, you might have stalled in your relationship with him. You might be thinking today, he's not answering my prayers. You might be sitting there thinking, uh, uh, I made mistakes and, and I feel bad because I made those mistakes. God won't accept me. Listen, we stand not in our own righteousness, not in how good we are. We stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He was right. And when we come to him, we are made right through Jesus. That means we can make mistakes. You know that? We can, we can actually fall down and, uh, and get back up again and still be loved. Just like Peter did. He went in the water. He walked for a while. He was sunk. Do you think Jesus ever said to him, you... Bad boy, you, you took your eyes off me and you sunk. No, Jesus would have picked him up and said, good job, son. Let's, let's do some more exciting things together. It's so exciting living with Jesus. So exciting because it's never the same. He gives us his righteousness. He gives us his holiness. You know, we're accepted in Jesus Christ with the Father and we have access to him through Jesus Christ. What a day! What a salvation! If you're not ready to jump up and start worshipping the Lord, come on! So... Please come out. If you're stalled in your relationship with him, please come. Can I have the music team, please? If you've never started the journey in a relationship with, with, with God, you need to come to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And nobody, nobody comes to the Father except by me. Nobody. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, sacrifice for you. And if it's your day, please come, because we'd love to pray with you. So we, I know Tim just got a song for us to sing, and so we're going to open the front up, and uh, if you're sitting there, and it starts a bit of a struggle, many of us have listened to so many lies of the devil, the devil law is a liar, and he was a liar from the beginning. He's also an accuser of the brethren. So he accuses us, he lies to us, and sometimes we buy into that. Well, it's time we didn't anymore. We are the children of God, we're born of his spirit. And we have eternity already living in our hearts. And we're heaven bound. Woo! Tim, rip into it. Okay.